Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Romans chapter eight, find verse 31. As I continue in this series called Living Your Best Life. Are you ready? New International Version. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? I want you to read that. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Wow. Let's pray. Father, move in power in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful text of Scripture. I want you to look in your Bibles and go up to verse 28. We didn't read it, but I'll read it now. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance, says one version, and he chose them to become like his son. Like who? Like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. And then it goes on to the verses that we read. What should we say then? Oh my, what should we say about such wonderful things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I want you to say that again. If God is for us, who can be against us? We've been preaching a series called Living Your Best Life. And uh, again, picking that phrase up from Instagram uh, influencers uh, that usually put posts up that are cute to say, you know, they're on their diet today with their avocado toast, etc. living my best life. Hashtag living my best life. Living your best life is far beyond avocado toast, as I've said. Living your best life is living the blessed life. And we've been doing a series in that. If God is for you, then you have no, no difficulties, no troubles. I, I should say, it's not that you won't have difficulties. You'll have difficulties. But if God is for you, you're going to make it. Come on, someone say, I'm going to make it. There's lots of opposition that you'll go through in life. There's lots of trials, challenges that you'll have. What do you mean? Welcome to the human race. Anybody have any challenges or trials this week? Yeah. God's for you, then things are going to turn for good. We know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. That's probably on many refrigerators in the congregation right now. It's, it's one of the, the most quoted scriptures out of the book of Romans because it's a great promise, except many people don't really understand what it means. And so I'm going to break it down to help you to live your best life even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of obstacles, even in the midst of adversity, living your best life doesn't mean you don't have problems. You have problems, he just turns it around. Come on, somebody say, he's gonna turn it around. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, he's gonna turn it. 
The Apostle Paul, in verse 28, says, We know that God is for us. This is so marvelous. We know that God causes everything to work together. Come on, God is good. I want you to say he's good. Yeah, he works for the good. God is at work for the good. That's a, that was a news flash to me when I first heard it because I'm thinking, my God, is he, is he really? Because sometimes I feel like my perception of God was that he was a loving slave owner. You have to understand that he's not a loving slave owner. He loves you implicitly so much that he gave his only son and that you were to partner with him, co-labor with him. But there's a very ugly, mean, nasty devil out there There's the world, there's the flesh, there's those that oppose the gospel. I mean, there's all kinds of opposition, but God is good. Say it with me, God is good. And a good God works everything for God, but not for everybody. Did you just say that? Oh yes, it's the big if. There's two requirements right here. See, he works things for good for a specific group of people. That's not fair. No, actually, it's, you're right. It's just. Unless you want to say that fair is justice, and then it, that actually it is fair. It's just. Everybody say God's a just God. So God doesn't work everything for good. I remember um, witnessing out in the street to some guy who was clearly in bondage. And as I was talking to him, trying to get him saved, telling him about the love of God, he's like, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good, bro. It's all good. I said, no, it really isn't all good. He says, what? I said, man, it really isn't all good. He says, it's going to work out. How many of you ever heard your, you know, your, 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 your cousin or someone who's far from God that lived for the devil, if I could just say it that way, and they're like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. It's going to work out. You do not have that promise if you don't fulfill the specific instructions or requirements, I should say, right here. There's a, a, a limitation to those who would receive the goodness of God. It's for those who love him, right in your notes. The what? Those who love him. And it's not only that, it's those who love him and have yield, yielded to his call. I used to hear people say, I love God, I love God, but their life clearly didn't show that they loved God. But they said that they loved God. God works all things to, for the good for those that love him and are the called according to his purpose. So we're going to get into it just a little bit here. The Apostle Paul shares what God has done for us in verse 29 and 30. For he knew his people in advance, says a version, one of the versions here. And he chose them to become like his son. It really is profound. And you could take this and begin to dig into predestination and all of that. And uh, there's many that would argue that, you know, God knows everybody that's saved, so what's the point? Now, you, you've been given a free will. God knows the end from the beginning, but he still offers it to you. It, he's, not a, he's not capricious. He's not, he's, he, he's not a God who, who rose out of some primordial slime. He sent his one and only son so that you would believe on him. How do we know who's going to be saved? You don't. So we just, let, just tell the good news to everybody and, and, and let them choose and pray. And believe God. But God knows everything. How many of you know God knows? He knows everything. He chose them. He called them. Wow. It's this progression here. And then Paul just, he, he, if you can understand what he's saying, look at verse 30. He chose them and he called them 
Having called them, he gave them right standing. He, he, he justified them. He, 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 washed their, he washed their sins away. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. You see, it's this progression that Paul's doing. And when we read it, it's just kind of like, he called them, you know, he made them right, gave them right standing, and he gave them his glory. That's not how you read that. Paul is, is astounded, which is the next blank for you to fill in. His mind is blown at what God's done. He's like, but he, 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 he called you, he, he, he saved you, he forgave you, he, and, he, and he gives you his glory. And it's like the Apostle Paul is just like, whoa! I mean, he's so excited. We read it in black and white or on your device. You don't, you don't really catch it. The Apostle Paul is astounded at that. And it is astounding. It's the greatest miracle that could happen. You might be here today in a world of hurt. I'm going to tell you the first thing to live your best life. You've got to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anything else. Doesn't matter. That's the number one thing. That matters the most. You get that right, you've got, you've got a chance at th- seeing things turn for good. You don't get that right, you don't get the turn. Turn for the worse. It's another kind of turn you don't want to have. In fact, he, he uses this phrase, what should we say then? He uses it seven times. He uses it seven times. The Apostle Paul is astounded and asks a question, what is our response for what God has done? Over and over, he asks the same question. Wow. His response is two unanswerable questions that contain a truth. If God is for us, who? can be against us. So you have to ask the question, if. So he says, clearly God is. He does all of these things, but not everybody has received all of those things. Not everybody loves God. Not everybody's answered the call. So if you want God to work it out, you have to fulfill the requirements. You missed a great place to say amen. Verse 32, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, my gosh, won't he also give us everything, everything else? I mean, think about that. Rest assured, if you're in Christ and you remain in him and you serve him and you love him, then he will turn it around. I want you to say that. God will turn it around. Roman numeral three, God's speaking to us about living your best life. So ask yourself the question, is God for you? Because he's not for everyone. You see, he's for you if you've received his son. He's for you if you live for him. But if not, then you've placed yourself in opposition as an enemy of God. He's not for everyone. The Old Testament, there's numerous scriptures that say, I'm against you. Babylon, Egypt, Tyre, Sidon, even Israel. Why? Because they, they stopped worshiping God. They started worshiping idols. So many, many would say, well, God's just going to work it all for good, but then they don't live a life that would make them a part of the, those that would receive the working of God's goodness. They've set themselves in opposition. Listen, if you're not living for God, just, just change, repent. And it's a process. I understand it's a process. Come on, when you first came in, you weren't walking on water, but look at you now. We first came in, when I first came in, I, was, I pulled a Pete Rose from the back row. You know, I came running in. You know what Pete Rose, the old, you know, 
Anybody came sliding in. Dr. Morocco said, oh, Daniel, you're so sensitive to the spirit. I was so in sin. And if I didn't come to that altar, I felt like I was going to die. And I gave my life to Jesus. I did that every weekend. I've matured a little bit since then. You know, if every week you have to give your life to Jesus because you turned, you, you, you rejected him, you backslid, you fornicated, you, you did the things that you know you're not supposed to do. And, and then every week you come back and you get born again again. You need some discipleship. Go to the Discover Track. You can get up right now. We, we won't embarrass you. <laughs> go to the Discover Track. Learn. Go through the foundation. Why isn't anybody standing up right now? Go through the foundations class. Learn and grow and get big and strong to be conformed into his likeness. Now, God's, is God for you? That's the question this morning. If you're going to live your best life, then it, your best life is in God. And so you have to ask yourself, are you in him? Is he in you? And he's not for everyone. I, he's against some. Old Testament, New Testament, the corrupt kings, false prophets. He's against them. How many of you know he's against Satan and his minions? Yeah. How many of you know he's, he was against Hitler? How many of you know that? Live a life worthy of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God is for us when we receive Christ, when we receive Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit transform us. Now, you'll notice I didn't say God is for us when we receive Jesus. I said God is for us when we receive Jesus and you let the Holy Spirit transform you. There's people that are nursing their hangovers this morning. They were down at the mugshot or wherever they were at some local bar stool last night, drinking themselves into oblivion that have received Jesus at this altar. And they have wandered far from the Lord. And we have a whole department that we reach out to, to, to try to pull them in because obviously they don't really understand what's happened and the devil's come to try to steal the seed. So you need to receive Jesus, yes, but then you need to continue and allow him to, be, to transform your life. And we're all in process of being transformed. And really, that's what Romans 8 is all about. It's about living the life in the Spirit. And God is for us when we love Him and fulfill His calling on our lives. Listen to this convicting scripture. John 14, find it if you would. Verse 21, Gospel of John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Oh, what? The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I too will love them and show myself to them. Wow, that's profound. So love is, is more than just, um, it's much more than a feeling. Feelings. Something more than Barry Manilow, 1970-something. I can't remember the rest of the song. You want to sing that for us, Pastor Christian? Loving God is more than emotions, although it does include your emotions. Loving God is obeying his word. If you love me, you'll obey my word. God has a prescribed way of showing that you love him, and the way that you show God that you love him is more than your hair stands on end. Well, I love God because I feel like I love him. No, that's not what love is. According to God's own definition, whoever has my commands and keeps them, and keeps them, and keeps them, is the one who loves me. Go down to verse 23. 
See, I'm talking to you about turning things around, turning things for good in your life. God has an amazing blessing for you, but you have to partner with it. First, give your life to Jesus. Second, get his word and learn to keep it. And if you have those and you, and, you, and you follow after God, he'll transform you. And then no matter what comes your way, no matter what you're in the midst of, he will turn it around. Come on, somebody say God's going to turn it around. Yeah, he's going to turn it around if, if, if. Don't forget that. Powerful promise, verse 23 of John 14, once again. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, will come and make my home with each of them. You know, John 21, we have this, you know, men's encounter we just did, and we'll do a women's encounter. We'll let you know when that's up and coming. It's in a, a process of, of bringing healing to people. And one of the messages in the, in the encounter, men's and women's, comes from John 21. And Peter, the apostle Peter, rejected the Lord three times. Jesus prophesied to him and said, by the time that when the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. Which I love that verse of scripture because Jesus is in control of even the roosters. And the rooster was utilized as a marker. We all need roosters in our lives to mark and to let you know, what, you know, he's in control of creation too. The rooster goes off and Jesus was, he, pardon me, Peter was denied Jesus three times. The last time by a fire, a little girl pointing a finger out. Aren't you one of them? I don't even know him. And he cursed and he like runs away. So now in John 21, Jesus is back, rose again from the grave. Peter swims in off of the boat. It's the Lord. You can go read it. And he's by a fire with Peter once again. Jesus and Peter by a fire, there they are, and Jesus says to him, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you, and Jesus says, well, make sure you feel that. Is that what he says? That ain't what he says. That's not what he says. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. Don't stand there with your hair on end and goosebumps. That's not what he says. He didn't say, lift my hand, lift your hands and weep and cry. And I'm, I'm going to weep and cry with the best of them. My hair is going to stand on end, what, what hair I have. <laughs> that is not what love is. If you love, do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? He's like, yeah. Feed my lambs. Do you, third time, do you love me? Lord, like, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. And in that recreating the trauma, I should say, of Peter's rejecting of the Lord and bringing healing and restoration, it's a beautiful picture of how even though you might have turned your back on the Lord at times past, you can come back to him and be healed. And, and Peter's restored. But loving God is obeying his word. God, God's not saying that we don't have opposition. We don't have trials. Moving on in our notes now. We, we're going to have trials. We have lots of them. And we overcome all of them. And in all of these trials and all of these problems and all of these things, we're more than conquerors. God turns things for good. 
It does not matter what it is. It doesn't matter what category it is. If you love God and you submit and yield to his call, then God will turn it around. It is one of the most cherished verses of scripture for me. And I just would say over and over, things would happen that I don't understand, but I've I make sure that, that God's with me. He's with me if I love him and I'm with, it's more like God with me. Am I with him? And then if I am and I'm with him, then he's going to turn it around. It does not matter what it is. It, oh, it, sometimes it takes 10 years. People are stubborn. Just look at yourself. The devil and his demons try to oppose us. Unbelievers oppose us. The world system opposes us. Shoot, even the government. That pastor in Canada, he's in jail. Our fallen human nature opposes us. Man, I hate that. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7 talks about that. Opposition from a fallen world. God's saying, if God is with us, we can overcome all opposition and live the best life, our best life of the blessed life. You're going to have problems. People say, God loves me. How come there's starving people in the world? Because there's sin in the world. If God loved me, how come? Because there's evil. Somebody said, well, like if the Lord didn't do something about it. He could, he could expunge all evil instantaneously. He just has to kill every one of us and there would be no problems. Not 100% biblical there, but. God says if he's with us, then we can overcome all opposition. Let me ask you this question. What are you afraid of? There's people battling COVID-19 in hospitals across America. I'm praying. I've got friends, different ones, loved ones. We've lost people to COVID-19. We've lost people to cancer. We've lost people to different things. But really, for the believer, it's not really loss. It's gain. It's loss for us. We, we grieve. We miss them. But they get rewarded in heaven. I think one of the things that's gripped our nation, if you don't mind me going ahead and saying it, is that there's so many people afraid. They're afraid of dying. They're af- I'm not afraid of dying. I mean, I don't want to die. I'm going to die someday, but I, I, I'm not done yet. I'm going for 120. Preaching, praying, prophesying. But I'm not afraid. I remember when I first gave my heart to Jesus, I was serving in, on the island of Maui, a part of our church, and I got invited to go on a helicopter ride, Pastor Christian. And um, so it's my first time in a helicopter. And the guy that invited me was a part of our church, and it was a helicopter pilot, and they just put new rotors on the helicopter. And I'm newly saved, you know, six months in the Lord. And they put these new rotors on, and to test the rotors, they put uh, little tabs on the end of the rotors, and it feeds back a laser, uh, you know, computer reading off of that, and they can tell the cant of the rotor and different aeronautical things that I don't know anything about. So it's the pilot who's a Vietnam vet, you know, seasoned pilot. It's the the helicopter mechanic sitting in the, in the other seat next to him, and I'm in the back, and I get a free ride over the sugarcane fields of Maui. 
So as I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And then the thing starts shaking. And I don't, I don't mean kind of shaking. I mean shaking. And this seasoned Vietnam vet starts letting all kinds of expletives come out of his mouth. As we start spinning out of control and we're spiraling down and the mechanic's like, put it in the field, put it in the field. And this guy's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they're clearly afraid. And why that happens, we're coming down out of the sky, and I thought, I'm going to die. And I thought, God, God, ah, oh, I love you, Jesus. And we're just like, like, oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, God. Or boom. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm still alive. But it was a beautiful thing to have the confidence to know that I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to go straight to heaven. I'm just going to tell you, God's in control. Don't you let fear get a hold of you and manipulate you and intimidate you. What if we die? Well, if you're born again, you go to heaven. La, 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 Yes. I'm not into fear. I'm not into being manipulated or intimidated. I hate that. I'm not going to let it happen. I've got to see things from God's perspective and God's power. Worship team, would you come, please? God's perspective and God's power. Many years ago, we were ministering to a lady who had late stage cancer, and I forget exactly what cancer and all of that, but we'd prayed for her and prayed for her and prayed for her and prayed for her, and it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse and worse. In the closing week or month or so of her life, she was so overcome with the impossibility of being healed, and she just kept standing on God's word, and she said, Lord, I'm afraid. How am I going to get through this? Lord, my children, my husband. And she has a dream. And in the dream, there's this massive mountain. And she's so small and compared to this mountain. She sees the mountain. And an eagle swoops down out of heaven and picks her up and flies her higher and higher and higher. And she hears the voice of the Lord and says, look down at your mountain now. And she looks down and she sees this little speck of a mountain. She says, that's how I see your mountain. <laughs> You've got to get a, a bird's eye view, a heaven's view. Oh, God's not nervous. God's not scared. He's on the throne. And he works all things together for good for those that love him and are the called. You love him by obeying his word. Well, I haven't been obeying his word. You can change that right now. Right now. You can receive Jesus. That's why this church is here. To share the good news and then teach you how to walk the abundant life, the blessed life. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do pumpkin patch and encounters and youth conferences and rehearsals, birthday of the king rehearsals and all in one weekend. That's why if you walk around, you see the, the staff, a little bloodshot 
in their eyes and maybe, gosh, you look a little tired. They're working hard. We're working hard. Why would we do that? Because there is a real place called hell and people need Jesus. People are terrified and we have the answer. Oh, oh, we have the answer. Living the the blessed life. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. You must receive him and learn to walk in his ways. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what trial you face, he will turn it for good. He will turn it for good. Not for everybody. If God's with you, he turns it. If you're with him, by obeying his word, by letting the Holy Spirit transform you, by remaining in his love, see things from God's perspective. I love what Jim LaFoon said. We showed the video here. Jim LaFoon is a prophet that's been, it's really one of our house prophets. The prophet's been ministering to us for 25 years. He was talking to his mom who, I think she's 95 or something. She's seen World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, all kinds of challenges. Her family was greatly affected by the bird flu. They went went through the the uh, went through the Dust Bowl in America, the Great Depression, where people were jumping out of windows on Wall Street. The bottom fell out. And he says to his mother, "Mom, things are pretty bad." And she says, "They're not all that bad, son." With a little gleam in her eye. I'm not saying it's not bad right now. Evil's increasing, but God's increasing his kingdom. And he reaches to you. He reaches to you through my voice with his word, by the power of his spirit, to come unto him, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he will give you rest. He will turn it for good. One more scripture. Matthew chapter 6 and 25. I I have to say, verse 32 before we go to Matthew 6. Romans 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God will meet the need for you. God will provide for you. God will provide. Faith for provision is released when we look at the cross. When you look at what Jesus, what God has done for you. Do you think he's going to let you drown? Yeah, you might die. So what? Please don't hear me wrong. Contend for life. Don't contend for death. But death is not the end. Writer of the book of Hebrews talks about death. Death has been dealt with. We don't, we don't mourn like, like the world mourns. There's going to be a great homecoming. I can't wait to see my granddad. I can't wait to see those who've gone before me, the great cloud of witnesses. I can't wait to see the long line of preachers on my mother's side and uh, hopefully all those pub goers on my father's side. I can't wait. I hope they made it. Oh, I can't wait. One day. 
One day all the pain and the sorrow and the suffering will be gone. And until that day, I'm going to live steadfast by the grace of God, contending God who did not spare his only son. How will he not give us all things graciously? He's going to turn it. He's going to turn it if you love him. He's going to turn it for good. Don't you be weary in well-doing. For in due time, you will see a harvest. God's going to turn it around. Come on, somebody. God's going to, hey, why? God's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. Matthew 6, therefore, verse 25, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Did I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these? And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So don't worry. Come on, say that. So don't worry. Come on, try it again. So don't worry. Saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Come on, somebody say, God's going to turn it for good. Living your best life is seeking first his kingdom and knowing that he's going to work it. He's going to turn it. He's going to provide. He's going to bless you. He's going to help you. Oh, oh, God, help me to communicate the revelation that if you didn't spare your son, God, you're just going to help us with everything. That's because that's what you do. We're your, we're your sons. We're your daughters grafted in by your blood. And if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more your Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. God will provide for you. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place and begin to declare the promise that He's turning it all around for you today. Begin to declare that He's turning it all around. And if you're not right, then we're going to give you a moment to get right. Come on, say He's going to turn it all around. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com.